And do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong and a bag of wheat by your bed. <laughs> Tillywinks, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finkerton. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Echo Stuff. My name is Mark <laughs> Frankham, and that is Chris. I can't let go. I can't let go. Finkston over there. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. That just that does describe me in a lot of ways. Like I can't let go of a grudge. <laughs> well, we're gonna I get into let go why of later. Money. So, you know, I can't let go. No, of... I meant like physically. Like you're, you'll feel it's in the part. It's in the prep. You mean like an electrically charged wire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hey, this evening we're gonna be talking about uh, electrocutions, I really not electrocutors. It, I really thought it was gonna be about my emotional fragility. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's not about elocution or electrocutors or it's elections. About- <laughs> I'm running out quickly here, man. Uh, so this idea was brought to us by one of our listeners. Yay! Yay. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to say at the top of the fucking show, 250,000 downloads. Yeah. And counting. You all are awesome. Thank you. The fact that 250,000 downloads have been done about the stuff we're talking about constantly amazes me. Chris assumes his greatness at all times, and it doesn't shock him at all. I'm actually a little disappointed at the numbers. <laughs> but yeah, so we've passed our two hundred, our quarter million mark, and I am super excited about that. Look, so clearly, clearly, it's because I have to carry the show, and if I had a better right. co-host, the numbers I would mean, be you, higher. You would be at like you know twenty five hundred if it was me. Joe Rogan you know? would be asking to be a guest right. if it was just me. <laughs> uh, so. Yes, I just wanted to say thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you all. It is doing a great and growing every month, and we love you all for it. So We love most of you, except Pete. <laughs> I love you all. Chris is highly particular about who he loves. I'm joking. Even if you're- Mainly himself. Right. <laughs> so today's episode is about, uh, ultimately, is about electrocution electricity's effects on the body. This came from a listener named Leanne. I don't have permission to use her full name, but- L dog, you know who you are. <laughs> Props. I'll pour out a Mark drink from for the you. streets. Yeah, that's what my daughter goes. She's like, yeah, dad. L dog. Because I'll drop a yo on stuff every once in a while. Actually, you do hey, quite sweetie. a bit. Hey, sweetie, how you doing, yo? Yeah, well, there's been some times too. Uh, like we, uh, I actually distinctly remember. I don't remember anything else about the call but the yo. We uh, <laughs> we were on scene, and I remember the guy was being a jackass. And at first, he was cool. <laughs> And then he kind of started to get a little, little spicy. And then you mm-hmm. just look at the guy, you go, yo, like that. And then he became unspicy. He was immediately like, no, that's a solid yo. So in that case, Mark from the streets really did come out. That was, yeah. what was that? Oh, yo. I'm from, yeah, I'm from the streets, man. Yeah. Well, I think, it was, block. I think it was an intimidation thing. I think it was, you had built up rapport with him and then he started getting spicy at like a cop or a firefighter. Right. And then you were like, yo, and kind of brought his attention back to you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I think it's I think it's my street cred personally. Yeah. No, never mind. Absolutely. Never mind. You're right. It's your street cred. Being he, a pasty, heavy set white guy. He, he knows you're strapped. He right. knows you're strapped. You know. So anyway, the uh, original awesome, uh, original awesome idea was about uh, lightning strikes, which we will go into, but surprisingly a uh, short episode if that's all we did. <laughs> we have a lightning round. Yes, we <laughs> we should do that one day. Mm-hmm. Get somebody to like uh like get solicit questions from people just about whatever and then see how much we truly know on the fly. Fuck yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Do a lightning lightning round. At like and depending a, on how bad we actually are, we'll determine if we want to edit or not. <laughs> well, we will, you will always edit to make yourself look good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so electrocution, electricity's effect on the bodies. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our, so the beginning part of this is going to be a little bit of a in-depth on electricity and what it is. And that's actually important, how electricity moves about and travels and what's dangerous about it and what isn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so much of our daily lives runs on electricity. Yeah. But how voltage from the wall socket supplies enough juice to run a small desk lamp and a powerful microwave at the same time kind of is a mystery to me. 
I really, I understand the basics, but I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So there are three basic units of electricity. There's voltage, which is uh, usually shown by a uh, uppercase V. Uh, resistance, which is an uppercase R. And then just to be different, current, which is an uppercase I. Why is it different? Well, the other two use their first letter. Oh. But current uses a letter that's not even in the word current. That's fair. That is different. <laughs> but I'm wondering if C is considered the speed of light, right? Yeah, sure. And so they were like, crap, C's taken. What's left? Someone's so, like, why don't we just use the U? They're like, shut up, Barry. He's an I. Why you just go? <laughs> you sound like you're in the other room. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I, I actually, I leaned over to turn down the baby monitor. <laughs> uh, so uh, voltage is measured in volts, strangely enough. What? Uh, current, yeah, I know. It's, uh, they're really making, it was tough. I had to read that like five or six times. Mm-hmm. Current is measured in amps and resistance is measured in the number of people willing to stand up for a cause. <laughs> or ohms, one or the other. Or ohms, you know. Uh, a neat analogy to help understand these, and I really like this one I saw it was using plumbing pipes because we have used the heck out of this analogy oh, already God, on this podcast. We? Yeah. <laughs> we have beat this to death. For more on and this analogy, gained, listen to And yet with a short shock of electricity, it gains new life. <laughs> and uh, to hear more about that analogy, listen to almost any other episode. <laughs> that has anything to do with the heart. <laughs> shock is a good one. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, wait. Shock, shock, shock yeah. electrical shock. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> We're both dads. So this is 90% <laughs> dad jokes, 10% information. <laughs> so the voltage is the equivalent of the water pressure. The current is equivalent of the flow rate and resistance is the pipe size. So the voltage is like the heart. Mm-hmm. The current is uh, the blood. No, well, just a second. No. No, it doesn't quite work, Ross. Anyway, voltage is equivalent to the water pressure. I would say uh, current. Current mm-hmm. is almost like the heart because that's going to set the, the flow rate. The voltage mm-hmm. is going to be the pressure on the vasculature and resistance is going to be the size of the vasculature. Sure. We'll you know, this that. analogy isn't helpful. <laughs> no, it just isn't. So we're going to move on and stick with the, uh, the just drop that last part. You know? Yeah. And just forget everything we told about trying to make this about the heart. Yeah. Anyway. There's a basic, basic equation of electrical engineering that states how these three terms relate. I will say right now that nothing about electrical engineering is basic. Uh, it says that the current is equal to the voltage divided by the resistance, or I equals V divided by R. This is known as Ohm's Law. Hmm. I think we have to say it that way for the rest of the show. Okay. Ohm's. I'm okay. Luckily, I think that's the last time the word comes up, so... <laughs> So it should be easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nailed it. What happens if you increase the pressure in the tank? That makes the water come out of the hose. That makes more water come out of the hose faster, right? Mm-hmm. The same is true of the electrical system. In- increasing the voltage will make more current flow. Okay. Makes sense? Yeah. Uh, let's say you increase the diameter of the hose and all the fittings to the tank. You'll probably guess that there uh, that this will also make more water come out. This is like decreasing the electro the resistance in the electrical system, which increases current flow. Okay. Electrical power is measured in watts. What? No what? watts. <laughs> in the electrical system, uh, in the in electrical system, power, which is an uppercase P again, the first letter, is equal to the voltage multiplied by the current. And the water analogy still applies. Take a hose and point it at a water wheel like the ones that were used for turning grindstones or grist mills in water mills. You can increase the power generated by those water wheels in two ways. You increase the pressure of the water coming out of the hose. It hits the water wheel with a lot more force, and the wheel turns faster, generating more power for you. If you increase the flow rate, the water wheel turns faster because of the weight of the extra water hitting it. So, yeah. Yeah, water. that makes sense. I find it interesting that the analogy of water uh, water is used to describe electricity when those two things together are generally very bad. Yeah, especially if you're swimming. Or taking a bath. Right. Which is like swimming, with, just... With a, with a toaster. <laughs> Don't take a bath with a toaster. Or no, any no. other electrical equipment. Here at Medical Stuff, we're actually recommending that you dry your hair while toasting your strudel <laughs> in the bathtub. <laughs> And the sad part about that is none of that was meant to be a euphemism for anything. Yeah, we are definitely doctors. (laughs) And we're your doctor treating your condition. (laughs) 
we are not doctors and we are not treating your condition and you should not take advice from us at any time. That's true. Google just, everything, Google just showed up and worked over my shoulder. Everything I just said was a lie. So, Yeah, pretty much. All right. So, your body is generating currents all the time. And when I say currents, I don't mean the little hard raisins that they use in British cooking or in cooking around the world, actually. Uh, not a current. Mm-hmm. Not a current. Hmm. Uh, your muscles, including the cells in your heart, contract in response to tiny electrical currents that are generated by your nervous system. Because these cells are sensitive to even small amounts of current, any additional current that passes through their body can disrupt the system, causing uncontrollable muscle contractions and even causing your heart to stop. In many cases. So, what is too much current? Well, it is when you have current and there's too much of it. Nailed it. Nailed Toast, it. we're out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was actually I'm like, resist it. Resist it. <laughs> See, I had more resistance to that joke. Oh, than you Mark had more did. <laughs> Yes. My ohms were higher than my voltage. Um, <laughs> anyway, one of the things actually I kind of wanted to use another analogy. If anyone here has ever been shocked by an electrical fence, and I had horses growing up and we had electrical fences. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What were you doing to this fence? <laughs> Not important. Uh, so, was there water involved in this? Uh, actually, no, there wasn't. I've never. You were peeing on it? No, I've. Uh, oh. I peed on a fence. Uh, yeah, that's a long story. But uh, anyway, um, but I've been shocked by a fence. It just if you grow up with electrical fences, you're going to get shocked a number of times. And um, one of the one of the things you'll notice is that a lot of these electrical fences will say something like this is a twenty thousand volt fence or something mm-hmm. like that, and you're wondering. How is it that a 150 volt wall outlet or 120 volt wall outlet could kill me, but this 20,000 volt fence just changes my mood? And what it comes down to is current. Mm-hmm. The electric fences have very, 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 very tiny amounts of current uh, versus the wall outlet has a substantial amount of current. Uh, the wall outlet's measured in amps, and depending on your circuit breaker, you're talking 30 to 50 amps, uh, versus the electrical fences are measured in milliamps, and I don't know how much it is, but it's tiny. It's a tiny amount. And so while... Well, I mean, they're both going for different endpoints. Yeah. fence is just meant to get your attention and keep you back from it. Right. And so the way they do that is they use the extra voltage so that it can carry through a long fence line. Um, and so it can overcome the resistance inherent in the material of the fence, but it uses a very small amount of current in terms of amperage. So it doesn't kill you. It just changes your fucking mood. <laughs> <laughs> your ideas of crossing the fence have changed. You now want to not. I got to tell you, I want to hear about peeing on the fence. All right. I once insisted that peeing on a fence will not shock you because although the stream may appear solid, it is not. I was okay. slightly incorrect. <laughs> because as it slightly turns, meaning because as completely? it as it turns out as it turns out, if you are close enough to the fence, you actually don't need a contiguous stream. Uh, electricity can actually arc from droplet to droplet, especially that electricity that is inherent in an electric fence due to the high voltage. So what is too much current? So electric current <laughs> in the human body. You said it was a long story. That wasn't a long story at all. It normally is a long story. It became a very short story once I got shocked. All right. <laughs> Electric current in the human body is dangerous for two primary reasons. First, it disrupts the normal operation of your nervous and muscular systems, causing severe muscle contractions. Second, just like a light bulb, when current passes through your body, it's transformed into thermal energy. This can cause some serious burns, both inside your body and on your skin. So when Mark and I are looking at an electrocution patient, we look for both an entry point and an exit point. Of, elect- mm-hmm. of electricity uh, very often and often we'll f- you can find it you don't always uh, but basically what that is is uh, and when you find the entry and you find the exit point it's fairly well safe to assume that everything between those two marks is burned as well even if let's say you have an entry point on a thumb and an exit point on the shoulder of the same arm it's entirely possible that the electricity traveled through the body and then came out that same shoulder um, there's really no telling where the electricity is going to go inside somebody's body. So whenever we see an electrical burn like that, we assume the worst and we actually take them to burn centers. But I think there's going to be more on that Mm -hmm. later. 
So exactly how current, uh, sorry, exactly how much current does it take to cause these serious problems? Not a lot. Uh, because your body's very sensitive to the effects of electrical current, even small amounts of current can be very, very dangerous. Currents of about 10 milliamps can cause a very painful shock and muscle contraction so severe that you cannot let go of whatever is shocking you. So electric so, fences. Uh, a milliamp is one one thousandth, one one thousandth of an amp, right? Right. I think so. Okay. And, um, so electric fences, for example, they don't, it's not a constant current. It's just, it's a pulse for this mm-hmm. exact reason. And so you can let go. You will let go. It's not, <laughs> you'll definitely let go. Uh, Unless your buddy's standing there calling you a wuss. Right. Touch it again. Uh, pee on it. Anyway, uh, every second the current <laughs> continues to pass through you, more heat is generated by the damage to your body. Uh, and the damage to your body is going to increase. So the inability to let go can cause some very serious problems. Are you clicking all over the screen or is my computer freaking out? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Must be hallucinations. Moving on. I am clicking like a madman just to piss okay. you off. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, pacing and defibrillation and synchronized cardioversion. Uh, so, <laughs> talk about those. No, I know. I just. And then uh, you also have a note here. Also, quick rant on not shocking flatline. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Almost. That's my, that's my black ice, man. I think this is the only thing that we talk about more than uh, the cardiovascular <laughs> system being a plumbing system. Um, that's why I said quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about pacing. Uh, so, for so pacing is something that Mark and I do. Uh, just Mark and I know the paramedics. Um, yeah, <laughs> we have special permission. Yeah, yeah, from Doctor Pace himself. Anyway, um, so uh, pacing is actually referring to pacing the heart. Uh, so you guys have all heard of pacemakers, and that's just basically a little device that provides a little bit of electrical. That's the guy sh- at the front of a runner race, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, or a rabbit in a dog race. Um, yeah, yeah, but anyway. It's a little device about the size of a deck of cards that's inside somebody that essentially just shocks their heart and makes the heart uh, beat uh, when the heart would otherwise not care to cooperate because it wants well, it, to run slowly. It initially initiates the impulse in the heart, so it'll let you get a consistent beating. Rhythm. Yeah. And who doesn't want a consistent beating? Uh, right. So anyway, <laughs> Mark and I can do uh, what's called external pacing. So if someone's heart is too slow, we basically put this, it's this for our machines. It's the same uh, set of pads that we would defibrillate you with, which is the big shock. So years ago, we had quick pace pads and we had defibrillator pads. Yep. And some, and some machines the, still do that. Right. But they, physio and all them, like swore up and down, you could never combine the two. Yeah. Until they did. Yeah. Someone's like, hey, we got it. <laughs> okay. So stop stop that talking point and move on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, these are the same pads that we uh, defibrillate with, right? Yeah. And so, and what we do is we actually measure that in milliamps. I don't know what the voltage of the pace pads uh, is, hmm. but we, uh, what's that? It's a good question. Yeah. But we measure that in milliamps and we basically, we just set the milliamps and we try and go for a rate. It's going to depend on the protocol. So some protocols will be 70, some will be 80, some will be 100. Um, But we go for a certain rate and we basically just apply a shock that goes through your body that sits there and contracts the heart. Now we have to use a bit more energy than the internal defibrillator does because we have to plow through muscle and all sorts of tissue to get there. But the internal defibrillators don't. They just have two wires that go directly to the heart. Uh, So defibrillation is a large amount of electricity that we actually measure in joules. And I believe joules is also a calculation of amperage and voltage together. But I do not know what that calculation is. Um, But we apply a, again, this is going to depend on the monitor. Um, Some are going to be 150. Some will be 200. I know in our county, it's now 200 joules. And that's how we do that. And that's just a large amount of electricity that travels through the heart and basically causes every cell in the heart to contract all at once and then stop with the hope that the heart will then continue to beat normally. So we would do this when someone's heart is fibrillating, which is just a useless wiggle of the lower part of the heart that doesn't really pump blood. Um, Synchronized cardioversion. So this is similar to defibrillation in the sense that you can use a similar amount of energy, but the reason it's called synchronized cardioversion is we're using it uh, in a rhythm. For example, let's say um, uh, supraventricular tachycardia is a time where we may use this. Uh, It's when the heart's beating too fast and we want to shock the heart to essentially stop it so we can start over 
the right way again. But we have to do this in synchronization with the heart's own electrical activity. And the reason we want to do that is because what we do not want to do is shock the heart on what we call the T wave. So on an EKG, you have a P wave, which is a little bump in front, QRS, which is the big spike that you see in the middle, and a T wave, which is a gradual hill that you see behind the QRS. Now the, T, the big spike represents the heart contracting and squeezing, and the T wave represents the lower part of the heart relaxing. Well, if the heart is halfway through relaxing and then we hit it with a big old massive defibrillation or cardioversion or amount of energy basically right in the middle of that, you can cause what's called R on T phenomenon, which is essentially where you make an R wave, which is a contraction in the middle of a T wave. And the car, the heart goes, I believe, cattywampus is the mm -hmm. medical term. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're trying to keep this uh, try and keep this this podcast, you know, so that anybody could listen to it. But sometimes you have to throw in the technical terms because oh, otherwise it just doesn't work, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I could go cattywampus. The patient will then suffer from chronic cattywampitis. And they'll <laughs> basically what you do is you might end up actually causing ventricular fibrillation uh, if you don't use synchronized cardioversion. Uh, and so one more time, we do not fucking shock flatline. <laughs> Because there's no, no point. Because what defibrillation does, defibrillation pretty much stops the heart. And not pretty much, it does. It causes every single heart or every single cell in the heart to contract all at once and then stop with the idea that the heart's own pacemakers will kick up again. So doing that to a heart whose pacemakers are doing nothing because it's a flat line isn't helpful. No, not at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. Unless you're trying to bring the patient up to I a think we talked about it in one episode, and you mentioned that your brother works in the uh, entertainment industry. He does. And he said that if there's ever a debate about accuracy versus entertainment, entertainment wins every time. Oh, yeah. It's going to. Um, Real quick, I got some stuff for you here. Okay. Uh, one of the things I have, maybe a sneeze, just so you know. Although I will say it's actually useful to defibrillate uh, asystole if you're trying to bring your patient up to a nice medium rare or medium. <laughs> well, no. I, there have been times where we're, we're like, is that asystole or is that very fine V-fib? And we have shocked that because if it is very fine V-fib, you're going to do the patient more good to shock them than if you don't shock them. You know, then the, any potential damage you'll do by shocking a Sicily, which is none. <laughs> That's shocking. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, you're asking about watts in milliamps? I was asking about joules. Uh, we got that also, but you also mentioned how many you know, how many watts were in the, in the milliamps. Well, no, because uh, watts what, is a measurement of voltage times amps. Well, one watt or volt... Uh, one ampere is equal to 1,000 milliamps. So the answer is 0 0.001 watts and one milliamp. That doesn't make sense. Because well, watt, watt is voltage times talk amperage. Converseunits.com. Well, they're wrong because watt, watts is voltage times amperage. So if you're saying one watt, so if you're assuming one volt is one part of your watt equation, and then yeah. you have a milliamp, and then you do have one milliamp, then yes, one volt going through one milliamp would equal 0 0.001 watts or whatever that would be. Okay. I trust you. Joules. Yeah. Uh, joule <laughs> oh, no, I was asking how many voltage, uh, what's the voltage of a pacemaker? Because we only adjust the milliamps in the pacemaker. We don't adjust the voltage, but there oh. must be some level of voltage. Well, it does say, that, like I said, it does say that one ampere is equal to one watt slash volt or 1,000 milliamps. If that helps at all. Okay. Okay. So Jules? would watt slash volt be watt divided Jesus by Christ, voltage? Huh? That's watt divided by what? That's one watt divided by yes. one volt. So. So that is the math equation then. So it's not watt slash volt. It's watt divided by volt. Uh, I'm with you now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. One watt. Yeah. So, okay. So joules is a unit of uh, energy, a joule, and this is J-O-U-L-E-S. Mm -hmm. I always thought if I ever had a, like a rock band, I was going to call it 300 joules Ooh. spell it this way. Yeah. And then get questioned all the time why I spelt it wrong. Yeah. Toast. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple different uses for, uh, there's a work equation. Uh, there's an energy equation and a kinetic energy equation. Ooh. Let's go with energy equation. Uh, uh, is equal to power times time. Joules is watts uh, times seconds. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. cool. So. All right. 
Yeah, so you're happy with that one? You're not going to make me look bad over that one? No, 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 no. You make yourself look bad, Mark. (laughs) Well, you are the one carrying the show, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mowing my back is sore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, broad shoulders. (laughs) Moving on. Don't shock Flatline. Anyway, I was also going to put something in there uh, to talk about the Jason Statham movie, uh, Crank 2 High Voltage. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, um, but I saw the first Crank and I loved it. And I figured oh, really? I just didn't want to ruin it. If you you got to go into it watching it for kind of the campiness of it and not as a serious movie. But you really, that's that's Jason Statham's lot in life. <laughs> right. Going to a Jason you Statham, a Jason, fuck that Jason Statham movie. That's kind of what you're going right. for. From f- you're not going for plot line or accuracy. You're kind of going for the, uh, well, in the second one, they put in an electrical heart that only has an hour's worth of charge. And so he has to keep charging it up and he. <laughs> At one point, uses like jumper cables, I think. <laughs> so the effects of uh, <laughs> uh, continuing on. Let's move. <laughs> See there. Yep. General effects of electric current for a man uh, differ for man, woman, and child. I'd imagine different for like size too. But uh, for the same amount of current, women generally have worse symptoms than men. In the case of child or babies, normally there is a distinct dark mark <laughs> similar to a burn on the lips. Uh, I'm hoping they got this by uh, like uh, studying, post-studying actual cases, not like going out <laughs> shocking children. <laughs> Just, hey, what is this hey, it's for what? science. It's for science, Martha. It's for science. Did you see those guys in lab coats walking to that daycare earlier? Right. Why won't our kid talk anymore? <laughs> why is he Why has he got this twitch? <laughs> got like a lazy eye. Anyway, okay. Once... <laughs> Uh, so it's in the first year of life uh, babies used the mouth to discover the world uh, around them and sometimes they, dis- sometimes they discover electricity with their mouth um, alright so electrical current uh, contact for one second this is the effect so for one second if it's below one milliamp it's not perceptible uh, one milliamp this is the threshold for feeling and tingling uh, five milliamps this is going to be a slight shock this isn't painful the average individual will be able to let go involuntary reaction can lead to indirect injury so like if you get startled and you know jumble mm-hmm. away and trip that could happen six to 25 milliamps in women is going to be painful might cause loss of muscle control uh nine to 30 milliamps uh this is, would be a freezing current so this is the in it excuse this is be freezing current this is the and this is in in quotes here so mark if you could air quote sound please okay perfect uh it's where you can't let go so the person maybe <laughs> I don't know why I didn't well, I can't leave it open-ended. I asked for it. I can't, get, I can't leave it open-ended, man. I know. Uh, the person <laughs> may be thrown away from the power source in this case. Uh, the individual cannot let go. Uh, strong involuntary reaction can lead to involuntary uh, injuries. So 50 to 150 milliamps. This is extreme pain. This can cause respiratory arrest, muscle reactions, uh, possible death. It comes to that point. And by the time you're getting to one to one to 4.3 amps, uh, you can get fibrillation of the heart, muscular contraction, and nerve damage uh, will occur, and, and very likely death. Uh, like we talked about, fibrillation is a useless wiggling of the heart that produces no blood pressure at all. And then 10 amps, you're, you're dead. Uh, cardiac mm-hmm. arrest, severe burns, and it says death is probable. Not possible, probable. <laughs> this is like the uh, 80 to 90% range. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe even higher. So, effects on the nervous system. One of the most significant physiological effects of electricity regarding uh, regards the nervous system. Electricity can affect the overall network of nerve cells and neurons, which process and conduct the signals responsible for regulation of our body's functions. Every muscle in our body is regulated by the brain, except the heart. So, if you're, I think we brought this up. This is how the whole finger of death technique came up on one of the episodes. You know, if I'm doing the warm up for the finger of death technique, that all that's coming from my brain. Breathing's coming from my brain. At least something's coming from your brain. <laughs> Something useful too. <laughs> um, the sensory and motor organs of our body, such as the brain and the spinal cord, work together to allow it to move, answer, think, sense, and remember. Nerve cells communicate by creating electrical signals with very small voltages. So you can pee on them if you want to. Yay! Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, electrical current or sufficient ma- of, suffi- of sufficient magnitude passes through these living tissues. It affects will be to override the natural impulses of the neurons, overloading the nervous system and blocking the passage of voluntary impulses that activate the muscles. 
The muscles will then involuntarily contract, which is called tetany. T-E-T-A-N-Y. Mm-hmm. The effects of AC alternating current depends largely on its frequency. Low frequency tends to be more dangerous than high frequency. Uh, so this is how birds can sit on high high tension power lines. Sorry, I knocked <laughs> over my mic. <laughs> Yeah, this is a quality and classy (laughs) recording here. Uh, AC with the same amperage and voltage as DC is more dangerous and provokes worse effects on the human body. Low frequency AC provokes muscle contraction, the tetany, which can induce the cannot let go effect by freezing the muscles of the hand. And this is where you see on the movies where one guy's getting electrocuted and another guy grabs him to pull him off and he starts getting electrocuted and he can't let go. What movies are you and- watching? <laughs> I don't recall a single movie where that happens. I mean, I know it happens, really? but like, uh, I'm thinking probably like, if I remember correctly, I mean, I can't think of an actual movie right now, but it seems like to me what it says is like Abbott and Costello or like, uh, the three stooges okay. or something. Three, three stooges is where I was going. I can see that. Perfect. <laughs> uh, this happens because the flexors of the hand, which the flexors are the muscles that make your hand close. They flex, uh, which is what Chris is doing in the mirror right now. Mm-hmm. He's flexing, baby. Yeah. Those are stronger than the extensors, so which are the muscles that release the grip. So when you grab onto something using your flexors, the muscles, the extensors are what make you release something. So when... Uh, when electrical stimulation is applied, the flexors outdo the extensors. AC has more of a tendency to induce heart fibrillation, while DC just makes the heart stop. Uh, this is why defibrillation equipment is in direct current, which stops the heart and gives it a chance to recover because you're not shocking flatline. So, skin resistance. You got have some skin in the game, Chris. Yep. It's got to happen. Uh, the human body has its own resistance to electrical current. 99% of this resistance is at the is uh, is at the skin. Dry and wet skin have much different values of resistance, but are not the only aspect to have uh, the, take account in electrocution. Cuts and deep deep abrasions of the skin contribute to the significant decrease of the skin's resistance. The internal body's in, uh, resistance is about 300 ohms. Being re- uh, being relatively uh, rel- <laughs> relatively wet, relatively salty tissue beneath the skin makes it a much more conducive conductive medium for the uh that is actually why when they electrocute criminals in the electrical chair they actually put a wet sponge between mm-hmm. the conductor and the person and if you listen to our electrocution or to our uh, execution execution uh because i'm executing this so well this evening you are you always uh, execution do. episode you'll also find out that sometimes they forget that and it does not have good effects <laughs> and there's actually if you watch the green mile you will see a visual representation of that i don't know how accurate it is but it is terrifying to watch yes um <clears throat> skin starts to break down from 500 volts onward break which results <laughs> which results um which results in the uh, decrease of the body's resistance, which mean that a bigger amount of current can enter the body, mm-hmm. damaging the nerves and muscles. This is one reason why sometimes there aren't significant damages on the skin, but a significant deep tissue injury, which Chris talk, talked about earlier. If you can break down the skin in a small patch, you have that entry wound and it'll travel much easier through your vasculature and your nervous system once it's inside. Uh, injuries caused by electricity. <laughs> I saw your electricity is actually electricity. Yeah, electricity. Just a second, give me a moment. Bam! There we go. I actually uh, left uh, nervous system spelled wrong earlier. Just to give you a chance. To give me crap about it since I did you last week. Fair enough. Through your through your bone. <laughs> All right. Electric shock. So. Go ahead. I just want to listen to me talk for a while. Uh, <laughs> for a while, always. <laughs> well, so, well, sorry, Mister Judgment Pants. You want to come over and let me dry those for you? Why don't you go ahead and uh, you go ahead and read it. No, I don't want to take that. Take that from you. Go ahead and read. Go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No. Really. No. No, no. I think, the, I think your dulcet tones and your ability to carry the show are much more important than me. By the way, everyone, the rest of the episode is just going to be me and Mark bickering about who needs to talk <laughs> next. So, Which if you got really your film. about 40% of every show, if you think about it. That's fair. That's true. <laughs> this just, is just true. All right. So, injuries caused by electricity. Electric shock is a physical effect and a violent response to the electrical current wait, that... Hey, did, you say, did you say fiscal effect? No, physical. Well, well although... Like, although... It may have a physical effect, effect. depending on your health insurance. (laughs) So, uh, effect in a violent response to the electrical current that enters the body. After an encounter with electrical current, there There are primary electrical injuries. (laughs) No, Mark, I clearly have this. Uh, There are primary (laughs) electrical injuries, which indicate tissue damage. So, electric current is able to create severe burns in the body. We've talked about that. The reason is hidden in the power of dissipation across the body's electrical resistance. So, shock can cause cardiac arrest, burns to tissues and organs, muscle spasms, serious effects to the nervous system and other unexpected consequences, which to me isn't really unexpected anymore. No, it's not, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) Other disorders, like no one's going to be like, yeah, I'm putting this knife right in this outlet and just be like, how the fuck did that happen? Um, I don't know. No, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> okay, fair. That's, yeah, you know what? Never mind. Unexpected consequences. Uh, so other disorders can appear in uh, weeks or months following the shock, depending on which organs uh, the current passes through. So for a quick uh, illustration of how resistance turns to thermal energy, uh, that is how your stovetop works, your electric stovetop. Basically, mm-hmm. it's just a coiled piece of metal that has a high resistance. And as electricity travels through it, that resistance causes the electricity to turn to heat. And it's the same no, thing. That's only the electric stovetops. That's well, yeah, exactly. If you're sitting there looking at your propane top, wondering why <laughs> why that one works, that's just gas lighting on fire. That That's all that is. Um, so anyway, internal burns are devastating and often have serious consequences. Uh, scarring, so like scarring of the liver is going to reduce its function. It's, scarring of any organ will reduce its function because scar tissue is non-functional tissue. Well, it's functional, but mm-hmm. it's not it's functional in the sense that it keeps the parts together. <laughs> That's right. But it's not, it's not the uh, manufactured re- uh, recommended function. Yeah, absolutely. The, the scar, scar tissue is duct tape. Think of it that way. That's all it is. <laughs> it is duct tape. It's tough. Uh, amputation, because you may have to lose a limb if you have tissue that's uh, that's all fucked up. Uh, loss of function, loss of sensation, even death. Uh, for example, if a lot of tissue is destroyed, the large amount of waste generated can cause serious kidney or blood circulation disorders. Uh, go ahead and take a listen to our crush injury episode. Although it doesn't talk about burns specifically, it does talk about what can happen when waste build up. Uh, occurs mm-hmm. in the body, so or a renal system episode about what happens to the kidney once the how the kidneys break down when they're uh, processing too much of whatever. Right, absolutely, um, but nothing to do with the liver. Nothing, nothing to do with. Oh no, what was it? Uh, kidney, kidney. No, uh, endocrine. No, you know, I, I don't. Even, I don't even remember the reference anymore. It's been so long. We have so many episodes. <laughs> We're such a successful podcast. Sometimes I forget how great we are. <laughs> Uh, direct current is most likely. And yet we're still working full time as paramedics. The reason I dropped my mic over is because my big head actually just knocked it over. That's what happened. <laughs> Uh, direct current is most likely to cause a single convulsive contraction, which often forces the victim away from the current's source. Unless, of course, they're grabbing onto it, in which case they can't get away. Uh, direct current. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Is that, that's just alternating current, I believe. Never mind. Strike that. Um, all right. Direct current is more likely to cause muscle tetanus than alternating current, uh, making DC more likely to freeze a victim in a shock scenario. However, AC is more likely to cause a victim's heart to fibrillate, which is more dangerous condition for the victim after the shocking current has been halted. Uh, we've talked about why fibrillation sucks. It's not useful. Mm-hmm. And you might as well have a stopped heart. Uh, internal organs are mainly affected by electrical burns. So the burns of this kind may appear slightly uh, or they don't show in the skin at all. They are caused by the heat generated from the body's resistance to current passing through it. And these cases are more dangerous than external injuries. A burn to your skin can be dangerous, especially if it covers mm-hmm. a large area. But um, oftentimes in these electrical, you have a single point of contact for the for the electrical injury. And the person obviously... Um, <clears throat> And the person will usually contract away from that. So you actually will usually get a small skin burn. Uh, but the internal organs can be substantially fucked up. So, so I'd probably say that 
uh, like electricians and or people working with electrical wires, regardless of whether they think that the power is dangerous or not, if they get shocked by it, uh, let's go to the hospital. Let's, we need to keep an eye on your heart. We need to, you know, you need to see a specialist just to make sure because <laughs> there's so many, like I said, things can happen, you know, things can show up weeks down the line. Yeah. So let's go get you checked out. Yeah. So, uh, cardiac effects. <laughs> so this is the most, most, fuck. Okay, it's you. Tab in. Cardiac effects are among the most serious and among the most common electrical injuries. The issue is that the electrical central anatomical location is in the chest, and it is more commonly affected than other internal organs because of the electrical electric current usually follows a path of least resistance in the body along the blood vessels and nerves. All, road, all roads lead to Rome. So, if you touch something, if you touch something with your hand, pretty much regardless of where it comes out, it's taking a trip through the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it all goes, all goes back to the heart, uh, which can cause arrhythmias. Exposure to high voltage current is more likely to cause cardiac asystole, but even low voltage alternating current can cause cardiac arrest by ventricular fibrillation. The mechanism behind induced cardiac arrhythmias is. Uh, predicted to be the initial damage to the heart muscle and subsequent scar formation leading to abnormal electrical activation of the heart. So you get shocked, that causes the arrhythmia, you survive that, and you're still going to have problems with the electrical conductivity in your heart because of the scar muscle and that the uh, electrical conductivity has to go around that somehow. Yeah. Bradycardia. Injuries can result from interference with the normal conduction system. The sinoatrial and the atrioventricular nodes, which if you listen to our cardiac episode we talk about, uh, responsible for impulse generation and propagation within the heart, may be more susceptible to damage by, electri- by electrical injury than other cardiac cells. So the sinoatrial node or the sinus node is what initiates the impulse in your heart normally. You initiate the impulse ventric- in my heart. <laughs> God damn it, you threw me all off. <laughs> It. <laughs> uh, the atrioventricular node or the AV node is the gatekeeper from the atrium to the ventricle for the electrical conductivity in your heart. So you monkey with those two. I mean, if you monkey with the sinoatrial node, you'll be fine. You survive that. It's like AFib. Your other part, any cell in the heart can, in, can initiate the impulse. You monkey too much with the AV node. Mm. Got yourself a problem. <laughs> That's going to create significantly more problems. You make it seem like you're talking about someone who owns a Honda Civic, and you're like, "Look, if you want to mess with the alternator, okay. Yeah. But if you mess yeah. with that battery too much, mm-hmm. you're going to have a problem." As if someone could just customize their heart and be like, "Yeah, you know, I was going to upgrade right. my sinoatrial." Yeah. No, 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 no. Leave that one alone. Okay. Yeah. Or sinoatrial, uh, go for it. But AV, no, get a professional to do that. <laughs> take it to a take it to a shop. Yeah. Uh, heart muscle injury. Uh, chest pain may be absent, and the injury and the injury may manifest only as a nonspecific EC, uh, electrocardiograph changes. Increased level of myocardial proteins in the blood troponin uh, from damaged tissue. So troponin is measured. It's something that's put off after damage is done to the heart. Uh, it can be indicative of a heart attack. That's one of the things they look at. But you can have elevated troponin levels because of an infection in your heart, or you've just been shocked. By electricity, occasionally, most high, uh, mostly after high voltage accidents, myocardial infarction can be caused by an occlusion of the coronary arteries by blood clots or a spasm. Yeah, so blood vessels can get fucked up too. So the walls of blood vessels through which a current has passed long enough to cause necrotic change to be, uh, will become brittle and uh, <laughs> friable. Sure. And it's a real word, too. Yeah. Huh. Can you Google that? I am doing it right now. Thank you. <laughs> brittle and friable. F-R-I-A-B-L-E. The inner endothelial line. Okay, so endothelial. Got it. Friable. I'm struggling. Uh, anyway, so the Easily inner. Easily crumbled. What's that? And it's freebell. Hmm. And what does it mean? Uh, F-R-I with a line over it. Upside down E-B-A-B. Upside down E-L for phonetics. Okay. What does it mean? Uh, easily crumbled. The okay. soil was friable between her fingers. Okay. Anyway, the blood uh, vessel was friable between the muscles. There you go. 
so the inner endothelial lining of the vessel undergoes changes uh, and the parietal thrombi are attached to the intima. So the intima, I believe, is the innermost lining of the blood vessel. And the parietal would be the outermost lining. And then a thrombi would be a clot of sorts. And I guess it would get attached and break. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say um, probably the thrombi would be the brittle pieces of your... Uh, blood vessel breaking off. Blood vessel breaking off and getting caught somewhere else. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, so, yeah. So, neurological damage to nerve tissue may cause a loss of consciousness, impaired recall, spinal cord injury, paralysis, or loss of some uh, or loss of sensations in the limbs. I'm not going to take credit for that verbal flub there, trying to read whatever word that was supposed to be. It's supposed to be there sensation. Was, okay. There's one extra letter in it. The E. The second E. Boom. Better? Does it make sense now? Barely. <laughs> Electricity may pass through the spinal cord uh, transversely, obliquely, or longitudinally, uh, resulting in many different cord syndromes. So, uh, transversely would be like um, cutting it in across half. It. Yeah, across yeah. it. Uh, obliquely would be a diagonal sort of cut, and longitudinally would be like up and down it. Mm-hmm. So, um, resulting in many different. Uh, cord syndrome. So permanent deficits uh, may remain or uh, of which syndromes from loss of anterior horn cells are common. Uh, Peripheral nerves likewise may be transiently paralyzed or more permanently damaged by heat effects from passage of current or by outright burns. Well, we all know how much the spinal cord really likes a good tweaking. Oh, yeah. No spinal cords. I mean, please. You know what they always say? Don't worry about your back when lifting. It's because your back is super (laughs) strong. You never have to worry about your back. Lift with your back, not your legs. That's what I always heard. So, I get more shit you shouldn't listen to. Uh, Neuropsychological problems <laughs> uh, uh, are often underappreciated, but post traumatic stress disorder, depression, and chronic neuropathic pain have been reported. So, uh, the eye, the changes observed in the eyes are usually late complications of electrical injuries, musculoskeletal system. In some or where cases, it pops like an egg in a microwave. Was that? Or where it pops like an egg in a microwave. <laughs> oh, God. It's just inside <laughs> out. There's that black juice in the inside everywhere. Um, also known as the aqueous humor. Anyway, uh, in some cases, the electric uh, arc burns are a deep hole in the bone. And, uh, or sorry, the electrical, fuck, the electric arc burns a deep hole in the bone. And the meninges of the brain, too, may be affected. In other cases, less severe types of accidents, the bone is often exposed by the destruction of soft tissues, bone fractures, and luxations. Uh, a subluxation is like a... Uh, oh, I know what that is. It's just kind of a okay. sentence. It's just... Yeah, it's, that's not great. Hey, I was getting, I was getting towards the end of the... Uh, no, sorry, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not blaming you. But it's, try, Chris, but it's your fault. I try so hard for you. <laughs> One of the things that my son will do, and he does this to guilt trip me, is every now and then he'll get in trouble. Be like, you know, Emmett, you shouldn't have done that. And then they look at me, he goes, is it my fault? And I'm just like, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get in the corner. So, uh, a luxation is a dislocation of an anatomical part, mm-hmm. so, such as a joint or the lens of an eye. Gotcha. Um, so, boom. Uh, direct- Dude, to the rescue. <laughs> Uh, direct muscle damage uh, and also compartment syndrome can occur uh, during electrical uh, injuries. Compartment syndrome will often occur because you get swelling uh, with the tissue that's been burned or damaged. And it can, you know, let's say you get uh, a limb gets uh, injured and you can have a swelling that goes around the limb and then cuts off uh, blood supply. And that will cause compartment syndrome. All right. Now for the lightning so, round. <laughs> Maybe we like, so, like real radio DJs be like, no, nah, I'm not going to try. Yeah. <laughs> try and read some of this like a real. In some cases, the electrical arc burns a deep a hole in the bone and the meninges and the brain too may be affected. In other cases of less severe accidents, the bone is often exposed by destruction of the soft tissues, bone fractures and luxations, direct muscle damage, and also compartment syndrome. I could do this. <laughs> Go ahead, Lightning Mark. Strike. Lightning. So the reason for the uh, for the reason for the episode from the end, yeah, uh, she was asking about specifically lightning strikes. So lightning strikes are wondrous sights to see, but they can also be deadly. I'm assuming wondrous when they're not hitting you, you know, with a power of 300 kilovolts. 300 kilo. It could be like a heavy metal song. Uh, lightning, lightning can heat the air up to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 300 kilovolts by 300 joules. There you go. Ooh. 
all I got to do is learn how to play a piano, get four other guys that are willing to do this with me, and I have a hit. So is piano really the most metal instrument you thought of in this case? Like, you're sitting there like, huh. Did I say piano? You did. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to too much Jethro Tull. I mean, well, good fair. piano, good flute, stuff like that. Uh, the combination of power and heat can also cause uh, serious damage to the human body. Lightning is a result of the buildup of electrostatic charge in the clouds. The top of the cloud become, typically becomes positively charged, and the bottom of the cloud becomes negatively charged. At that point, they break into a Sharks and Jets-esque dance routine to figure out who's going to win that cloud. I fucking knew it. <laughs> what? I said, I fucking knew it. What, I was going to go with Sharks and Jets? Yeah. No, 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 no. Th- th- that's what happens. I've oh, always, okay. I have long suspected <laughs> yeah, that that's what goes on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a wayside As, thought that I had. Yeah. As the separation of charges increases, the negative charges may jump towards the positive charges in a full-out attack in the cloud or decide to bail and go to positive ions on the ground. Man, you sound interesting right now. I don't know what's going on, but this sounds sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you for interrupting it then. Yeah. Uh, when this happens, a lightning strike occurs. Bam. There are typically five ways in which lightning may strike a person. I just want to let you know you sound really great right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you threw it off my rhythm, dude. I just, I just don't want it to stop. Dude, keep you know, going. Yeah. Will, except, you, except every time you say it, I stop. Uh, any le- any type of lightning strike should be taken See seriously. See what I mean, though? You're sounding great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want people to turn off the podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> and medical attention should be sought if a person is thought to have been struck by lightning. Have you run a lightning strike patient? No, I have not. Uh, a little more common in Oklahoma, we had active lightning. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> where the winds go sweeping down the plains. Where, also, they have just voted to make it legal for women to go topless in public. You want to move to Oklahoma? <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> uh, so, have you, uh, I have run a couple of lightning strike patients. Uh, one of them, I'm not 100% sure he was struck by lightning, but um, if you're in... If you're out mowing your lawn and a lightning storm is moving in, don't just hurry to finish the lawn, <laughs> which is what this guy was doing. Um, also, you, you tended to have very powerful cells like right over you. I remember when we got there, the cell was still over the patient and it looked like somebody was pouring buckets of water onto the gurney and or over my partner's back. Wow. It was raining that hard. I also remember that the patient's mother came out and was very angry with us because we took him to the burn center, which was not St. John's, which is a good Catholic hospital. Oh, geez. Yeah. She was very, like, wanted her supervisor's number at the hospital to call and complain. Wow. And I, I tried to explain to her, this is the burns. And the patient was cool with it. He's like, take me where I need to go. <laughs> yeah. So. And struck by, by lightning. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I think it struck his lawnmower. No. And he was touching the lawnmower at the time. He was bending over to uh, do something. And uh, I think that's how he got hit. But So, the first type is a direct strike. One of the five ways in which lightning can strike an individual, a direct strike is the least common. In a dex- uh, direct strike, the lightning current moves directly through the body. The body, this type of strike is most deadly because part of the current moves over the skin while the other, while other portions typically move through the cardiovascular system and the nervous system. So it covers all three. Uh, the heat generated by the lightning causes burns on the skin and the current can damage vital organs such as the heart and the brain. It cooks you all the way through. Nice. Yeah. Side flash. You think it's anything like side boob? No, I think it's kind of like a hairstyle. Oh, okay, yeah. Like a comb over. Uh, it's just, it's the it's the hairstyle of the lead singer of Quarter Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You remember Quarter Flash? No. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> so, uh, this type of strike occurs when lightning contacts a nearby object and part of the current jumps from the object to the person. The person is typically in close proximity to the object that has been struck about one or two feet away. This type of strike often occurs when a person is seeking shelter under tall objects such as a tree. Or me. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> That's why I hate walking around. No. No. Don't stand close to Chris. You'll get hit by light. But people always do. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most dangerous part is that, that long metal pole that you carry with you everywhere. That's probably the case. Or the tinfoil yeah. hat. <laughs> Well, you can't let the aliens uh, get into your brain, man. Oh, actually, I'd use it to block the FBI. The aliens have already gotten oh, okay. around that. For that, you have to wear a ceramic bowl <laughs> underneath the tinfoil hat. 
Got it. I am not up to date on my uh, on my counter brain scan. Yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> That's pretty clear. Uh, you want to pick up on ground current? Let's do it. Oh, nice. Do I want to pick up the ground current? Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> this type of strike occurs when lightning strikes an object like a tree. So stay away from trees. Uh, and part of the current travels along the ground and then hits the person. Ground current strikes cause the most lightning strike-related deaths and injuries. As the current comes in contact with a person, it enters the body at a point closest to the current and exit the contact at a contact point furthest away from the lightning. As the current travels through the body, it can cause extensive damage to the body's cardiovascular and nervous system. Ground current may travel through any type of conductive material, including garage floors. So if you were going to get that brand new metal garage floor, don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it. I know in Oklahoma, <laughs> this one uh, happened to a lot of people because they would, because we would have uh, very sudden storms move in. It would be nice. I mean, I remember as a kid growing up being in our pool and you, it'd be clear blue sunny day and you could see a line of clouds coming across from like horizon to horizon <laughs> coming across these dark clouds. We'd all get out of the pool, sit under the cover, you know, under the porch, uh, which is made of wood. And this storm would come through and there'd be lightning and wind and torrential downpour rain. And then 20 minutes later, it'd be white, uh, bright, sunshiny day again. <laughs> and everything would go back to normal. We'd go back to playing in the pool. What would th- this would happen would be people would, uh, set their tents close to a tree and then a storm would come through during the night and strike the tree and then they would get shocked by a tree strike mm-hmm. transform <laughs> so conduction chris what can you tell me about conduction well conduction uh, lightning strikes occur when the lightning travels through conductive objects like metal wires or plumbing to strike a person. Uh, although metal, you know, if you're in your house and you're, it comes through the plumbing, that's just God aiming for right, you. Exactly. Although <laughs> He's metal just put a degree of difficulty on it for himself. <laughs> so although metal does not attract lightning, it is a good conductor of electrical current. Uh, so most indoor lightning strikes occur as a result of conduction. People should stay away from conductive objects uh, <laughs> like your windows, doors, and objects connected to electrical outlets during storms. Stro- Jesus. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Sit in the middle of the room. Pretty much. On a chair. In a rubber room. Exactly. I mean, who doesn't have a rubber room in their house? Right. All right. So streamers. Uh, Streamers. Before lightning current forms, the negatively charged particles at the bottom of the cloud are attracted to the positive charged ground and the positive streamers in particular. Positive streamers are positive ions that extend upward from the ground. The negatively charged ions, also called the step leaders, uh, create an electrical field as they move towards the ground. When the positive streamer... the person at the beginning of a uh, marching band also. Exactly. Same thing. They create an electrical field. Uh, when the positive streamers extend towards the negative ions and make contact with the step leader, the lightning strikes. Once a lightning strike has occurred, other streamers in the area will discharge. Streamers can extend from things such as a ground surface, a tree, or a person. If a person is... Ooh, these are the people whose like, their hair will stand up right before they get struck. That's how you know. Uh-huh. It's not a hairdo. Get away from them. Uh-uh. If a person... Yeah. That's, uh, why, that's why you get a perm so your hair can't stand up. <laughs> that'll stop it. That just stops the warning, Mark. That's unsafe. <laughs> Uh, if a person is involved, uh, if a person is involved as one of the streamers that discharges after a lightning strike has occurred, that individual could be seriously injured or killed. Streamer strikes are not as common as other types of strikes, though. Uh, so, the consequences of being struck by lightning. The consequences of result uh, from a lightning strike vary and depend on the type of strike and the amount of current traveling through the body. So... Lightning can cause burns to the skin, deep wounds, and tissue damage. The electrical current can also cause a type of scarring known as Lichtenberg figures, branching electrical discharges. This type of scarring is characterized by unusual fractal patterns that develop as a result of blood vessel destruction that happens as the lightning current travels through the body. So, cardiac arrest can occur as lightning strike can cause the heart to stop, same way any other electrical uh, injury could. It may also cause arrhythmias and pulmonary edema, which is fluid uh, accumulation in the lungs. Lightning strikes may cause a number of neurological conditions and brain damage. A person may slip into a coma, experience pain and numbness or weakness in the limbs, suffer from spinal cord injuries, or develop sleep and memory disorders. A lightning oh, wow. St- yeah, it kind of sucks. No I, just, no, I just looked up Lichtenberg figure. Oh, nice. And it literally, so Lichtenberg figure is like, um, 
it looks like a tree pressed between glass. Oh. But you'll have those kind of, uh, like, running up your vasculature will all be all red. So, as it branches off. Hmm. hmm. It's pretty interesting. Sorry. Go ahead. No. No worries. Uh, so, a lightning strike may cause damage to the ear. It can also cause hearing loss. It can also cause vertigo, corneal damage, and blindness. The sheer force of being hit by lightning strike can cause clothing and shoes to be blown off, singed, or shredded. Not a problem for women in Oklahoma who get to walk around topless now. So, right, yeah. this type of trauma can also cause internal bleeding and can sometimes result in broken bones. <laughs> Nothing sucks worse than getting struck by lightning and then getting a ticket for being improperly dressed. Right. Has, it happens to me all the time. So, the proper response to lightning and storms is to seek shelter quickly. Again, don't stand beneath me or a tall tree. That might not be the best. Uh, right. Stay away from doors, windows, electrical equipment, sinks, and faucets. If you get caught outside, do not seat do not seek shelter under a tree or rocky overhang and stay away from wires or objects that conduct electricity and keep moving until you find safe shelter there you go boom yeah electricity electrocutions and lightning strikes all done yeah god people learn so much from us man we they said god people learn so much from us (laughs) we are so good at this i think it's your humility that really makes you the person that you are chris Hello? I'm here. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you got any more on lightning strikes? I do not, sir. Do everything else on electrocution? Nah. No? You don't, you don't sound convincing on that. You sound like you have a lot to say, but you just haven't said it. Nope. I'm good. You good? <laughs> uh, so, uh, again, 250,000 downloads so far. Let's keep that going. You all are our greatest resource for helping expand the podcast. We love you all for it. Uh, we love five-star reviews. They help us get onto lists and help us other people find us. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, get a hold of us on social media. We're on uh, Twitter at Medical Stuff. No, wait. We're on Twitter at Med... Good Lord. You're, you're, fuck, you're contagious. Right. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter at Medside Stuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. We're on Instagram at medicalstuff52, and we're on Facebook at medicalstuff. If you'd like to send us an email, please do. And it's going to be at medsidestuff at yahoo.com. We love listening to you all. I have said a couple weeks ago I answer every message. I try to. I really do. But with all the different platforms, man, they get hidden some places. And so it may be a while, but I do try to get to everybody. Um, That's all I have, Chris. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We will talk to you next week. And on that note, I have to say... Toast.